You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Grace Nation Min and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations. I am your host, Victor, and I'm so thankful that I am actually able to bring you a podcast this week. And I want to just go ahead and apologize for its lateness. I know it's one day late, and I'm just so sorry. Uh, the past few days have been really hectic, and I actually just got back from North Carolina, where I was touring Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, which I have recently been accepted to. And so I was doing a lot of work up there and getting to know the campus and just kind of uh, acclimating myself to the temperature of that water. Uh, so I was super busy, and I was just really tired yesterday, along with just a lot of other things that I had to do, including work and things like that. So I'm really sorry that I wasn't able to record something for you yesterday, but I'm really excited that that today kind of opened up and I was able to sit down and just kind of record the podcast for you guys. And uh, hopefully you guys will really enjoy this one. Uh, I'll be talking about something that has been near and dear to my heart for years and years and years, and I am super passionate about this section of scripture that we're going to kind of be dissecting today. So before we get into that, I just wanted to go ahead and give you guys some announcements. Uh, First off, I would like to talk about some other topics here on the show, and you know, whatever that might be, I don't really know, but I would love for you guys to give me your input. So please send me some emails, send me some questions, send me some comments, message me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, get uh, get connected with me, and start like start chatting. Like I want to know what you guys want, and so I would be more than happy to uh, just kind of sit down and talk with some people, maybe about some topics, maybe about some different segments we could start, maybe about uh, just like some show aspects that we could include. Um, So if you guys have any ideas or any ways that we can improve the show, please make sure to find me on social media or to email me and we can get connected because I am always looking for some constructive criticism. And I know there are some things that we can improve and we're working really hard on them. Uh, But I I, I really want to continue to provide a, a better and better and better podcast with each and every episode. So Everyone's input is so appreciated. Also, you know, with this transition in my life, with me, I'll be transferring to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary here in January. And so currently, right now, I'm still enrolled at Trinity College of Florida, and I'll be finishing this semester uh, at the school. Um, But then there's going to be that about a month of just a huge transition. And so just the just just kind of a forewarning the podcast during those few those few weeks and hopefully no no more than a month might be a little bit more sporadic and you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there but I just want to kind of give you a forewarning there may be less and less uh, podcasts posted during that time period just because I am kind of trying to 
get plugged into a church and get plugged into a group and get plugged in um, to like a college ministry and places where I can serve and finding that friend group and things like that. So <clears throat> if you guys could just keep me in your prayers for that, that would be so appreciative. So without further ado, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Now, just just kind of a forewarning, this is a piece that I have been working on for quite a while. And I am really excited to be able to kind of talk about it for a little bit. So we're going to be starting in 2 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7. And here's what it says. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong." When we read this text, we have to understand that we have to ask a question. Like we when we read this text, we initially have a question and and why is Paul begging on his knees for this thorn to be removed? Like he needs it, okay? Notice we don't ask the question what is Paul's thorn? We ask, why did Paul want it removed so desperately? We can't really ask the question, what is Paul's thorn, for a few reasons. The first reason being, the scriptures actually don't tell us. There are theories and assumptions and different theologies based around what this thorn could be, but fact of the matter is, the scriptures don't tell us. And so, since they don't tell us, we shouldn't be wasting our time pondering what this thorn was. We do know a few things about it. It was a physical, uh, it was a physical problem uh, because it says it was given to me in the flesh. That's about all we have. So we really want to be focusing on why did Paul need it removed so desperately? And yes, I'm using the word need because I am fully convinced that Paul thought this thorn was a hindrance to his ministry. Paul thought that this thorn that was given to him was hindering the ministry that God was calling him to do. And that's why Paul was pleading with God for the Lord to remove this thorn. Three times Paul pleaded. Paul was given this thorn, and the thorn was a messenger of Satan. And, and this, I think, provides us an amazing truth about God. Because the thorn was given by God, and the thorn was a messenger of Satan. That proves and that shows that God has the power to command even the demons to do his will. And that is something we can take great comfort in. The God of the universe, our Lord and Savior has the power to command the demons to obey. The obe we, we see that demons, you know, they, they run in fear. They are, they are so scared of God. And that's how powerful our Lord and Savior is. He can command the demons to do his will. Paul pl pleads with God, and, and we see 
Three times he did this. And my question for you is, have you ever pleaded with God? Have you ever pleaded with God to give you that job that you so desperately need? Or have you ever pleaded with God to give you that loan for a house? Or have you ever pleaded with God to take that cancer away? Or have you ever pleaded with God to bring a loved one back? I remember when I was younger, my my mom actually had gotten pregnant with a child. And I remember bursting with joy. I mean, I screamed with excitement, I'm going to be a big brother. Months and months went by as preparations continue and as I was helping my parents prepare. I mean, I remember I helped my mom pick out the crib and and I even helped purchase her first gift, a stuffed animal. I wanted I wanted the first thing that my new baby sister saw was her present from her big brother. And I remember the time when when labor started. I remember sitting outside the room with my grandparents waiting for my new baby sister to enter the world. I had her present firmly grasped in my hand. And then all of a sudden, I just remember there being a shift in the waiting room. Someone came in and talked to the people sitting around me. There was some sobbing and confusion. I didn't really understand, you know, remember, I was just a child. And then I heard someone say that she was born dead. My complete attitude changed. I ran to, to the room, that, and, and the room was just full of tears and depression. And I assumed that there were nights when my parents spent hours and hours and hours just asking God, pleading with God to bring her back. And he didn't. So my first point today would be that God, in his grace and sovereignty, has the ability to say no to our requests. But how can a loving and gracious God say no to a request that is so good and pleasing? This question has plagued Christianity for centuries. If we don't take time to seek the scriptures, it's very easy to come up with our own answers that stray from biblical truth. To ask this question, we're making some assumptions. First of all, the assumption, the first assumption that we're making is that we know better. So we know better than God because we think we know best. You know, my parents were destroyed when my baby sister passed away. But we had to take comfort in the fact that God is sovereign and he does everything in accordance to his will, which is good. If we question God as to why he did something, we're essentially being prideful just from asking the question. It's important to understand that we on earth have a view of history that's very linear. We can look down the time, you know, the timeline, and we can see the past, and we can we know that that tomorrow is going to be tomorrow. So we can we can't see into the future, but we know that tomorrow will come. Hopefully. We have a very linear view of time. However, God does not have a linear view of time. It's more like a point. He's outside of it. He knows and understands the pain that we're suffering through. And yes, God can come into our linear timeline like he did in the person of Jesus to relate to us. But he can also step outside of that linear timeline and see it as a point. You see, God understands our pain and our suffering, but he also knows the end. And it's so much better than what we could ever expect. Because now I have an amazing little brother. 
and I'm eternally thankful for him. You see, Paul pleaded three times. And God's response is so interesting. And here's what God says. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. After the third time of Paul pleading, Christ responds. And we don't know whether this was a response through a vision or a dream or any other means it doesn't really tell us but we know that jesus respond more than likely it's through a revelation because god was giving paul these revelations and actually the thorn was given to him so that he wouldn't become conceited because god was giving so many great revelations so using the context of the passage we can safely assume that god's speaking through a revelation this verse causes us to ask a few questions. And the first question being, why do we suffer? The verse states that God's power is made perfect in weakness, but what's the purpose of our weakness? God could also choose to show his power through our strengths, and he does. Example, our spiritual gifts. But why our weakness? Why our hardships? Why our insults? And why our persecutions? You see, our weaknesses are not only used to humble us, but also to glorify Jesus. And that's my second point. John Piper says this, God thinks humility is more important than comfort. Humility is more important than freedom from pain. He will give us the mountaintop experience in paradise and then bring us through anguish of soul, lest we think we have risen above the need for total reliance on his grace. Humility is something that none of us have perfected, and sadly, we never will, at least in this lifetime. We've also heard that the root of all sin is pride, and when we sin, we're essentially saying that our way is better, kind of like what we talked about earlier. We're placing our standards above God's. A perfect example of God using his power to humble someone can be found in the book of Job. So let's take a look at Job 38. And we'll go ahead and start in verse 2. Who is this that darkens counsel with words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you. Make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? Tell me if you have understanding. And this is God replying to Job's pride. If, you, if you're familiar with the book of Job, you see kind of nearing the end of the book, Job starts kind of going off the deep end. And this is kind of God's response to him. He, he, begins, to ask God, he, he begins asking questions and questioning God. And this is God's response. Where were you when I laid the foundations of this world? In other words, I'm God and you're not. Sit down, Job. You know nothing. I mean, that's that's what God is saying. Job is trying to place himself higher than what he is. He's trying to place himself higher above God by asking these questions because he thinks he knows better. And God's response is, I created the world and you weren't even, you know, a thought. Obviously, God, you know, knew Job before he was conceived in his womb. But, like, 
on this earth, Job wasn't even a second thought. No one was like, man, I can't wait for Job to be born. You know, Adam didn't say that. Noah didn't say that. You know what I mean? So Job is placing himself above God. And God is responding like, where were you when I created the foundations of this world? You were nowhere. You were dust. I'm God. Sit down. So God uses our weaknesses to humble us. But God also uses our weaknesses to glorify Jesus. Piper puts it this way. God's purpose in our weakness is to glorify the grace and the power in his son. God's design is to make you a showcase for Jesus' power. But not necessarily the way the market may demand. Not by getting rid of all your weaknesses, but by giving you the strength to endure and even rejoice in tribulation. Let God be God. If he wills to show the perfection of his son's power in our weaknesses, instead of by our escape from weaknesses, then he knows best. So trust him. No man was weaker than Jesus when he was on the cross. He had been physically weak, spiritually weak, and emotionally weak. Physically, because he bore the death on a cross. Spiritually, because God turned his back on him while the weight of every sin was on his back. And emotionally, because of the torture that he was placed into and the constant mockery and hatred that was given to him. It's safe to say that in that moment, Jesus was extremely weak. Yet in one of the weakest moments in human history, God does one of his strongest acts, which is the permanent atonement for the elected saints. And when I wrote that section, I just sat back and I was like, God does one of his strongest acts at one of the weakest moments. God's power is perfected in our weaknesses. That is the all-time greatest example of God's power being perfected at the weakest moment in human history. God's power was perfected. The, the, the new covenant came into play. The spirit came into this world. Jesus was rose from the dead. Power, power, power. The whole gospel story screams of power. But it required weakness. Philippians 2 says this, starting in verse 7, But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross. So God's grace is sufficient for you. Now, we have to, we have to understand that, yes, God is speaking directly to Paul in the context of Paul's situation. However, we can take this principle and apply it to us. We go on to read in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 12. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let me ask you a question. 
Can you say that you are content with weaknesses? With your weakness? Can, can you say that you're fine with where you don't measure up? I want to take a second and look at what the definition is of content. Because I think I think it would it, uh, it'll help us open our minds to what it actually means. Content literally means a state of peaceful happiness. A state of satisfaction to be satisfied. Can can we say that we're satisfied in our weaknesses? Can we say we're satisfied in our insults? That's a hard question. We read in James 1 that we need to take heart. We need to take, we need to consider it joy. Through what? Through our tribulations, through our trials. We need, the word consider literally means to stop and choose joy. We need to stop and be content with where Christ has us so that we can minister most effectively where he's placed us. A huge problem I have is looking forward to the future. So I'm transferring in January. But I still have about three months here in Florida that I need to give my heart to. I need to minister most effectively where God has placed me for three months here and not look forward to the ministry that I'm going to do in January because I could become so consumed with with what I'm going to do in January that I let three months of ministry waste away. And I feel like we all find ourselves in this place. When I just start my new job, then I'm going to minister to the people I work with. When I go to college, then then I can get plugged into a church. When I go on a mission trip, then I can really then I can really share the gospel. And it's just such a flawed mindset. Because if we put something in tomorrow's hands, it will stay in tomorrow's hands and it will never become today. A line from one of from a NF song that I really love right now is from a song called Green Lights by NF. And it said he basically says, I don't like to waste time. If I could get it done now, I'm not waiting for the morning. And it makes sense. When we place ministry in tomorrow's hands, we're telling God that I don't need you right now. I don't really want to be I don't really want to let Christ's atonement impact me for today. And that's a really heavy statement. Now, before before we kind of just get ready to close here, I just want to give you guys some next steps, give you guys some encouragement and give you guys some application. This week, I would love you to first off memorize 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10. They say, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me.
For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want to challenge each and every one of you guys to memorize that verse. It is so beautiful. My next application would be when you face those trials, when you face your weaknesses, when you see that you might not measure up to these worldly standards, don't let those reign true in your life because they're not. Dive into prayer. When you face those difficulties, when, when, when you are being insulted, when you feel that persecution, which if you're in America is pretty light, when you face those hardships, dive into prayer. Recite scripture. Lean into God. Because God's power is made perfect in weakness. So those are my two challenges for you guys this week. I hope this little mini sermon, this little mini uh, just like podcast was able to impact you in some way, shape, or form. I know it's a lot shorter than what some of our other podcasts have been, but this is also my first podcast without a co-host, and so I'm kind of getting used to that, and it's actually a little bit more difficult than what I had first assumed, but I am so thankful that you guys have listened. I hope that the shorter podcast may have been easier for you guys to listen to straight through. Please let me know if you guys enjoy the shorter podcasts, or if you enjoy some larger podcasts, maybe we could do a mix of both, but I really enjoyed putting that together, and I can't wait. I'm actually going to have the opportunity to preach it here soon, and so I'm really excited to be able to do that as well. Remember, guys, follow us on Facebook. Give, a, give our page a like. Follow us uh, on Twitter at Grace Nation Men. If you guys have any questions, please make sure to email me at gracenationministries at yahoo.com. We have some great topics for future podcasts, and I am really excited to be able to bring those to you. Until next time, take care, and God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at Grace Nation Min. Until next time, take care and God bless.